Welcome to the Garvroar Show, coming to you after some time off. Wildcard Weekend has concluded, and we'll be talking about some of the things that happened during the games. If you're not following my Instagram and Twitter, you may have also been wondering, where have I been? Well, after this episode, I'll be talking to you about some of the things that's been brewing for Season 2 and 2020 of the Garvroar Show. It's a new season, and I'm expecting a monumental year for the show, both on podcasts and now on video. So very excited to share all the details with you guys. Let's get to it right now. The Seattle Seahawks beat an absolutely banged up Philadelphia Eagles team 17-9 in wildcard weekend on Sunday. Carson Wentz exited the game early in the first quarter due to a controversial hit by Jadavian Clowney, which I'll be addressing more in a second, but in a game of not that many points, here's that crushing 53-yard touchdown grab by rookie DK Metcalf, who had himself a game in the third quarter courtesy of NBC. somehow lashed into the second round. I mean, this guy looked for all the world like a first-round pick. He couldn't believe he lasted to the second round. Taken in the second round and underneath J.J. Aguera-Whiteside, DK Metcalf also burned Marcus Epps one-on-one to end the game on third down with a 36-yard reception that closed the Eagles' hopes of stopping the clock and getting the ball back. He is your MVP of the game, finishing with 7 receptions, 160 yards, and a touchdown. This is what I have to say about all of that. This is an Eagles team that has been decimated due to injuries. I just mentioned Marcus Epps. Well, have you ever heard of Marcus Epps before that? This is the talent you have on your football field during that game, and I'm not making excuses. The Seattle Seahawks were also missing some key elements to their team that should not be overlooked. But the reality of the situation is when you come into a game without Lane Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, Brandon Brooks, and that's really bad to begin with, right? When you add in a non-healthy Zach Ertz, by the way, I believe it was not a lacerated kidney. There's no way he would be out there if it was lacerated, but banged up nonetheless. Miles Sanders, who said he wasn't 100%, that makes it worse, right? Yeah, it does make it worse. So then, when you add in your franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz, who, oh, oh, by the way, I mean... Haven't you noticed the last four weeks prior to this, he has single-handedly given you those wins to put this team back in the playoff competition by winning the last four games in the division. He left the game in the first quarter from which I believe was a cheap hit by Jadavian Clowney, which made things pretty improbable at that point. That hit, by the way, it was dirty. We can sit here and talk about if it was unintentional or not, but the reality is we know the rule book. 
We have been continuously preached on the nonsense and the utter crap that is the rule book in the National Football League. And what it says in specific to hitting the quarterback is lowering your helmet to initiate contact even when he is a runner is prohibited. It does not matter if he is sliding or diving. And oh, by the way, Carson was reported according to numerous sources to go into the medical tent and to not even be able to stand upright sort of like a drunk fan in the stands and not to have remembered anything that happened during that play. That was an illegal hit by Clowney. It should have been flagged and he should have been ejected. You cannot hit a guy in the back of the head, which he clearly did and the refs missed that one. Anyway, Josh McCown, the guy who was just coaching high school football, he went 18 of 24, 174 yards. I mean, really just an admirable performance by him. He made good reads and he didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he's 40 years old, man. What do you expect from him? I mean, he had to do much with not a lot to work with. Uh, he played a great game. And then Russell Wilson, which is a huge reason why Seattle won this game. He went 18 of 30, 320 yards and one touchdown he escaped the pocket and he made plays downfield several times during this game and he was also their leading rusher he scrambled six times for 48 yards he was good he was really good down the stretch and that's why Seattle won this game we'll be talking about the Eagles a lot more during this offseason and our upcoming episodes but we have to get into rapid fire which is a quick condensed look at the other games that happened this weekend. First, we have the Tennessee Titans beating the New England Patriots 20-13. Ryan Tannehill's 72 passing yards is the fewest yards a quarterback has passed for in a victory this season, but it didn't matter. Derrick Henry put up 204 total yards and one touchdown on his birthday. He has surpassed Ray Rice for the most rushing yards versus the Patriots in a single playoff game in the Belichick era. And did you see that coaching down the stretch? I mean, my oh my, they took a page out of Belichick's book and they beat him with it. They took at least a minute off that clock. Congratulations to the Tennessee Titans. They outdueled Bill Belichick at his home stadium. Next, we have the Houston Texans surviving the Buffalo Bills in a comeback 22-19 in overtime. Deshaun Watson is now 6-0 in his career against teams to finish a season ranked top five in passing offense. Buffalo was fourth this season. They were also down 16-0, but then Deshaun Watson started doing Deshaun Watson magical things. How he escaped that sack with the two D linemen coming in and stood up and was managed to get out of the pocket was insanity. The Texans will now play the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead this Sunday at 3.05 p.m. Lastly, we have the Minnesota Vikings upsetting the Saints 26-20 in overtime. That Kyle Rudolph walk-off touchdown was pass interference. He clearly created separation based on that shove, but nonetheless, the Vikings deserve this win. I mean, Kirk Cousins made a perfect throw in zero coverage, amongst other throws earlier in the game that kept the Vikings driving down the field. That's important. The Vikings made plays where Drew Brees and the offense did not. Credit to the Vikings. They will now play San Francisco this Saturday at 4.45 p.m. 
So to conclude the show for today, I'm going to be giving an update on the show and what to expect from season two in 2020. If you don't follow me on Instagram and Twitter, you may have missed some of my updates for the show. As many of you may have noticed, the Garvora show has been temporarily inactive and this is the first episode back since Thanksgiving. It's been a busy time at Drexel University with the work, co-op, and the many other extracurriculars going on. And with valuing quality over quantity, I wanted to allow the time and planning to create the best content possible for the hundreds of fans that this show has already accumulated. And I'm so happy and blessed to be back for season two this 2020. During the time off in December, the show has significantly more amount of resources available to its disposal, a higher budget, and more equipment, which means better content for our listeners. This program is a long-term show, and for the next several years, I am planning to stay devoted to making this show great. With the flexibility of not being attached to any network, big or small, the break for the show was considerably important to reassess and to create proper structure for the expected long-term growth of this show, since we're still in the early stages of its foundation. However, I'm very excited to announce some great new aspects of the podcast in 2020. The Garve Roar Show will be having promotional giveaways to our audience. These include memorabilia items, jerseys, tickets, and more. We also have a YouTube page now that used to be my own technology account, which has over 7,000 subscribers. You can find that on YouTube called The Garve Roar Show, and it'll be used as a video hub for the show. We'll be pushing out some new video content there. I mean, live shows, a few high-budget mini-series with some celebrity guests. More information will be released on that series in the upcoming months, but definitely subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Also, the podcast will have a lot more colleagues and celebrity guests on for 2020. Those will be announced periodically throughout the year on social media. But think about this. Recording last year was only two months. Imagine where we're going to take this in a whole year. I cannot wait. The show is getting credentialed. We're going big places. Can't wait to experience it with you guys. Alright, thanks for listening to the Garve Roar Show. I'll be back within the week and stay tuned for the different kinds of episodes you'll be hearing all season long with some great guests. Here's to a groundbreaking year together.